Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, and welcome to the debrief from the business of fashion, where each week we go deep on our most popular BOF professional stories with the correspondents who created them. I'm Lauren Sherman. Every day, consumers are inundated with stories of how badly the fashion industry is damaging the environment. And every day, fashion brands hit back with claims of better, more sustainable practices. But as brands flood the market with eco-claims and Earth Day capsules, an absence of regulation has enabled an increase in greenwashing. Now, growing scrutiny from regulators is stoking an increasingly urgent debate over what sustainable fashion really means and how it should be measured. Today, I'm joined by BOF's Chief Sustainability Correspondent, Sarah Kent, who recently examined how the issue is playing out in Europe, where policymakers are set to lay out rules as soon as July, governing how brands back up environmental claims. Sarah, thanks so much for joining me. Maybe we can start with defining greenwashing. It's a term that's been used for years, but I think has sort of fallen out of fashion. I'm I'm curious to know what you think about that. What is greenwashing and why is it an issue in fashion? It's interesting that you think it's fallen out of fashion. I feel like it's being bandied around left, right, and center. But in a nutshell, greenwashing describes the practice of marking an item, a product, whatever it is, as more sustainable when you haven't actually done the work to reduce the impact and back up those claims. And even just saying that, I'm getting into some of the reasons why this is such a tricky topic, because you hear the word greenwashing, you immediately think eco, but this has been applied to a much wider array of issues. So it could be around claims about paying a living wage or ensuring that you have good working conditions within your supply chain only for it to emerge that you're working with a factory that really has very bad processes in place. Or it could be that you're saying, you know, all of your products are made from an organic material only for it to emerge that that material is not organic. And this is becoming more complex as consumer expectations of what companies are doing rise and companies start talking more about what they're doing. Yeah, there are all these transparency reports essentially that are coming out. So what's happening right now in the world that's making this a topic that you're really focused on? So I think it's a mix of factors, some of which speak to the macro market environment and some of which speak to specific things that are happening right now. So if we zoom out a little bit and look at what's happening in the market, We, for several years now, have seen an emerging trend of consumers wanting products that are more sustainable. Essentially, sustainability within fashion now is big business. 
And that's changing the way fashion is marketed. Companies want to talk about this. They want to trumpet to consumers that, hey, if you buy my product, you not only feel good that you're buying a new thing, but you can also feel good that you're doing something good for the world. And that double hit is really powerful to sell more stuff, which in itself raises questions about sustainability, but that's another topic. The second and related point is that as companies are talking more about how their products are better, consumers are demanding to understand more if that's true. And there's a lot of distrust because a lot of claims that have been made have either been overblown or communicated in a way that made them feel overblown. And regulators are also beginning to pay attention. So what we're seeing is companies wanting to talk more about this, consumers wanting to know more about this, and regulators really sitting up. And it's this perfect storm where something that has been an issue that needed to be addressed for a long time is coming to a head. So there are going to be some regulations and is it in July in the EU that could really shift the conversation here? It's complicated. <laughs> it's complicated because what is happening in the EU is a broad suite of regulations, which is part of really a much bigger effort that the EU is putting in place to transition to a more responsible way of operating across industries. There is a particular focus on textiles. And as part of that focus, amongst other things, the EU is really looking to crack down on greenwashing. And there are a number of different things that the trade body is looking to do around that. But what is happening in July is the EU or the European Commission is expected to release its position on substantiating green claims, which means it's going to say to brands, hey, if you want to say that your product is an eco product, or if you want to say that your product is better for the environment, this is what you need to be doing behind the scenes to back that up. And if you're not doing that, most likely, this is what we're going to do to penalize you. Can you give some examples of what the more progressive brands are doing in terms of laying out what they're doing sustainability-wise. One thing you mentioned in your piece that we all thought was really interesting was this idea of that food has been regulated for years and there's sort of these standards of what is organic, what is not, what does that mean? There's nothing like that. Nothing kind of an umbrella. I know that you can get these stamps that say trade certified or what have you or fair trade, but what does that mean? What are some examples of brands that are really doing detailed work to make it clear to the consumer? So if you think about what's happening at the market at the moment, I don't think anyone can have helped but see if they're walking past any shop, a company trumpeting something that is better, whether it's a capsule collection that's recycled or what have you. What we're beginning to see companies move more towards is providing more of a detailed breakdown that tells you why something is better. And, and you can think of it, you kind of alluded to this, you can think of it a bit like the idea of a nutrition label that you would have on food. But instead of telling you about fat or sugar content, what you're going to learn is reductions in emissions or water use. But the other big difference that you also alluded to is that those kind of nutrition labels are heavily regulated. Fashion absolutely is not, which means that really you could use a whole different array of metrics to justify what it is that you are saying. And that's confusing for consumers, particularly as companies start to talk about this more. The EU regulations, if they happen, how will it change this? Will it have repercussions or have an effect 
outside of the EU? Do you think other countries will sort of follow similar regulations? What will these specific rules do for the industry? I'm going to preface this by saying exactly what these rules are going to look like is still unclear. They're taking shape now, and this is why this debate is so hot, because essentially what is being hashed out is how we define sustainability, which has huge implications across the industry, both in terms of how products are marketed, but also in terms of the types of materials that are considered better or worse, or the types of products, and and that has commercial implications. To answer your point, though, for any large international fashion company that sells into Europe, they are going to have to live by these rules. And as such, the implications are global. Because if you're an American company, but you're selling into Europe and you're having to tag your European clothes in a certain way, it doesn't make much sense not to bring that across to America when American consumers also want to know that products are more sustainable. And likewise in Asia or or wherever you are selling. But that also means that you have to do the work to get those labels right, which is the tricky part. Yes. And that could be a huge amount of work. It's unclear exactly how much yet. We'll know more in July. This is obviously not the first time that someone has tried to regulate this market. In the piece, you mentioned the Sustainable Apparel Coalition and what they've done. Can you talk a bit about what that is and what the HIG index is, which is something that has been used throughout the years to measure sustainable practices or what have you? Since the fashion industry started to engage with the idea of needing to operate more responsibly. There's been an acknowledgement that in order to do this, you need a standardized way of talking about this topic and of measuring impact so that both internally companies can understand where to direct their strategies to really drive improvements. And also, if you want to talk to consumers about it, you can do so credibly. So the Sustainable Apparel Coalition is an organization that was set up about a decade ago, in an effort to bring large companies in the industry together to agree on frameworks and share information to understand the impact of different materials. And that that is a really important effort. And for a long time, the debate around how you frame this has sort of played out in that arena because it is the area that has gained most traction within the industry. The reason why it's also been controversial is because it's a voluntary industry-led effort without external oversight, which I think for a lot of people makes them feel a bit like it's the fox guarding the hen coop. And then there are are a couple of other broad issues and challenges that face any effort to address this issue within the industry. The first is bad data. The data we have to understand fashion's impact is crummy. It has been crummy for years. It is not really getting any better. A lot of that is because the industry is still very opaque. We don't really know where things come from, which means it's difficult to go and get granular data. The second issue is the methodology used to calculate impact, which can vastly change what you might find in terms of whether wool comes out looking good or wool comes out looking bad from an environmental impact perspective or leather or whatever it is you're looking at. Depending on what inputs you put in, that can change a lot. This is a very important issue, as you can imagine, for any fiber group to try and ensure that they come out looking as good as possible so that they can play in this new emerging market for better materials. And so that has fueled a really heated debate that could turn on who wins and who loses as we move to more sustainable products. We'll be right back. 
Hi, this is Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of The Business of Fashion. When I first started writing BOF, it was out of pure passion for this industry and with an eye to how the disruptive forces of digitization, globalization, and consumer shifts would change the way fashion works. 15 years later, we are well on our way to helping to define the fashion business of the future. As I travel the world, some of you ask me what's the best way to support BOF as we continue to act as your guide during these turbulent times. The best way to support BOF is to support our journalism by joining BOF Professional, the largest community of fashion professionals in the world. A BOF Professional membership gives you access to our agenda-setting insights and analysis, which you won't find anywhere else, plus the opportunity to learn from our talented team correspondents and editors, as well as our wider network of the fashion industry's leading creatives, thinkers, and futurists. Follow the link in the episode notes to learn more. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. There's also this tool called the product environmental footprint that you mention. What exactly is that and what could it achieve and what doesn't it achieve as it stands right now? This is where we get back to the EU and regulation. So while until now, a lot of efforts to really define how to measure different elements of sustainability and really I'm guilty of using language that is too loose here because part of the controversy is what is sustainability if we're talking about just environmental impact, that sustainability is much broader than that. All of this debate has really been hashed out within an industry arena until now. With the EU, as it starts to try and regulate in a more granular way across industries, the way eco claims are made, it's trying to introduce a uniform way of measuring impact. And the product environmental footprint tool is how that will play out. So at the moment, there's a big technical committee of fashion companies, trade organizations, nonprofits who are working together to try and hash out what this looks like for fashion. And it's looking at 16 different environmental impact areas, which in theory will end up being a metric used across the EU to enable companies to talk about how environmentally friendly their products are. The controversy around the product environmental footprint is that it is too multifaceted there's the issue around data which again is the data good enough to have this kind of tool in fashion maybe not there's an issue around the frameworks used to 
measure impact. Those 16 metrics don't include things like a specific metric for biodiversity. They don't include a metric to measure microplastic pollution. And they don't include social impact because this is an environmental tool. And the concern is that if you use it to underpin consumer-facing product labels, consumers will see it and think, hmm, this product is sustainable and all of those important social issues get lost. So there's a lot of debate around whether these elements can be included or whether if it becomes a mechanism for consumer-facing labels, additional elements need to be added later on. You mentioned a couple different brands in your story, examples of, of what they do to communicate to the consumer or just manage their sustainable practices. And you mentioned H&M, which seems to have a very clear method, but then you also mentioned some smaller brands. Can you talk a bit about what H&M is doing right now versus what you know some of these indie labels do to manage this stuff because the process must obviously be very different for each company. H&M is interesting because it's an example of a company that's really trying to start implementing these sort of nutrition style labels that I was talking about earlier. And it's using the Higgs materials index to create essentially scorecards on certain products. So if you click on certain products now on H&M's website, you will get a you know really nicely presented label that tells you what level the materials in this product reach in terms of being better than conventional alternatives and will give you a percentage reduction of things like fossil fuel use, like water use, like water pollution. So it it looks like a really rigorous data-backed way of understanding that this product really is better for the environment. Of course, it then runs into all the challenges that I raised earlier about the data the HIG relies on, which maybe is the best we have out there. But I think part of the controversy is, is that good enough yet to really start communicating to consumers? On the other hand of things, you have other ways people are trying to communicate this. So Allbirds, for instance, is really focused on reducing carbon emissions. It's introduced a carbon calorie count on all of its products so you can understand the emissions associated with them. Zalando has created its own sustainability labels and now has really a lot of products, I forget the exact number, that are labeled as more sustainable. But the challenge for any consumer, which sort of gets to some of what we've been discussing, is that what is meant by sustainable is so broad and could run the gamut from carbon emissions to living wages. And it's not one universal language that's being used at the moment. I was on a panel a couple of months ago, and I may have mentioned this to you in our conversations, but someone on the panel mentioned that fashion in particular is sort of seen in the broader media landscape as an example of having terrible, terrible environmental impact. And it's brought up again and again and again. Do you think that fashion is called out more for this stuff than some other industries that their impact may be just as damaging? Do you think that fashion is sort of seen as the poster child for this? Because it's almost like reverse greenwashing. Um, I mean, you're you're asking someone who used to cover oil and gas if fashion gets called out for being more polluting than oil and gas. Yes. So that's not the best. Other than oil and gas. (laughs) I I actually don't think it does. I think perhaps fashion is more sensitive to it because it is newer for fashion to be called out for this kind of thing. But if you think about things that are typically seen as heavy industries, and I know we joke about oil and gas, obviously, but aviation, automotives, metals and mining, or agriculture, 
all of those are seen as heavily polluting industries. What is different for fashion is that until recently, people discounted it as being actually an industrial business. They thought of it in the way it was marketed as just being sort of beautiful things and culturally relevant and, you know, about design, all of which is true. We're just rounding out this conversation now. So I don't, I don't think fashion is unfairly called out. I just think that it's not used to being treated in this way. So if you're reading the consumer package goods trades or whatever, you're hearing about this stuff just as much that I think that's the industry that I think about the most. Do you feel like that industry is called out in general interest publications or or the Guardian or whatever. They do stories about fashion being polluting constantly. Are they doing stories about soapboxes or whatever? I think there are different conversations happening in different areas. So if you think about beauty, for instance, the conversation around natural or clean beauty The fact that we talk so much about natural and clean beauty is in part because that industry came under scrutiny much earlier on for toxic products. For instance, if you think about food and beverages, I think there's a lot of conversation about the impact of meat, of milk, of plastic packaging. Sarah, thank you for being here. This was so fun and I I learned a lot. Thanks, Lauren. Appreciate it. You've been listening to The Debrief, produced and edited by Emma Clark, Kate Varton, and Eric Bria in the BOF studio. I'm Lauren Sherman, and I'll be back next Wednesday with a new episode. Thanks so much for joining us, and be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. You can join BOF Professional today with an exclusive 25% discount on an annual membership covering key industry topics from sustainability to technology to marketing with access to our case studies, live events, and iOS app. To get this special offer and benefit from 25% off of a membership, head to the link in the episode show notes or enter the coupon code DEBRIEF at checkout. Visit businessoffashion.com slash memberships. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.